Hey, welcome today to all of our Life Church locations. Remember, next week we're launching brand new life groups. We know life is better together. If you're not yet in a life group, your pastor will tell you how to get involved. And we're launching a new four part message series. It's called I'm In. What are we? I'm invited, I'm invaluable, I am influential, and I am invested. Next week we start, I'm in. Today, though, we've got a very, very special treat for you. One of our very own Life Church campus pastors, he's been on staff for nine years, and he's been leading his campus in Midwest City, Oklahoma, for the last seven years. This guy is full of passion, full of faith, and is truly a great man of God. This is his first time to ever preach to all the Life Church locations, so I know you'll lean in. I know you'll make him feel loved. I know you'll help him preach today at all of our Life Church locations. Would you please help me welcome Pastor Sam Marin. Man, it is an incredible, incredible honor to be up here today. Um, I got to take a moment and just say thank you to Pastor Craig uh, for the opportunity to share God's word with our entire church. You know, I know so many of you feel this way, but man, this church has changed my life. Uh, Pastor Craig and Amy, thank you for saying yes to God's call on your life to start this church. You created a space where people could come in and experience the grace of God and the love of his people. And I, I just want you to know my life is different. My marriage is different. My legacy will be different because of this place. And uh, Craig, your leadership, your consistency in the way you lead our church and love your family, uh, man, has made me a better leader. Thank you for investing in me. Would you all help me show some honor and love to our pastors today? Come on. Now, let me, uh, let me introduce you to the four most important people in my life. This is a picture of my family. Uh, now, that's my little girl, Audrey. Uh, don't let her smile fool you. She's got a wicked right hook, all right? Uh, my son, Rex, he is a deep thinker. Man, the kid's a philosopher. And then that's my beautiful wife of over 17 years, Liz. And um, I've got some words that I wanted to say. Liz, Liz is here with me today. And, babe, I wanted to say some things to you. But you know that there's only one way for me to tell you these things. Uh, Liz, eres mi mejor amiga. No pudiera estar aquí sin ti. Te amo con todo mi corazón. Eres mi reina. Eres mi esposa. Eres mi amor. Te quiero mucho. Look, some things, some things just sound better in Spanish, okay? Watch, check this out. Everybody say chocolate. Okay, look, it's not fun if we don't all participate. Somebody in Wellington needs to do this. Somebody in Fort Worth, Texas. Come on, everybody say chocolate. chocolate. Now turn to your neighbor and say chocolate. <laughs> See, some things just sound better in Spanish, all right? So that's my family. Uh, you know, I grew up in Southern California, loved going to the beach. Um, recently, my family and I, we were at the lake. And I've always had this persistent fear of not being able to see what's underneath me in the water, right? So anytime something brushes up against my leg, I kind of freak out, right? I'm kind of worried about it. But we were at the lake, and I was submerged, like, neck down, kind of on a floating. And all of a sudden, a fish came up and bit me on the nipple. <laughs> it bit me on the nipple. I'm not kidding you. Like, it hurt, and it scared the heck out of me. 
And I got out of the water. It was crazy. Now, I looked it up. The odds of being bitten by a shark are one in almost 12 million. The odds of being bitten by a fish on the... I didn't even want to try to Google that, okay? Here's why I tell you this. The odds of me standing on this stage today. See, you have to understand where I grew up, I was more likely to end up in a gang, on drugs, or locked up in prison. And I know that the God that I serve, the God that I worship is a God who doesn't just defy the odds, he extends you his favor. And I don't know, maybe you're here today, maybe you're at one of our Life Church locations and you have seen God defy the odds in your life. Maybe you were destined for destruction and God came and he rescued you. He pulled you out of where you were headed and he has shown you his favor. And today you are in this place only by the grace of God and because of his favor. And that's why I stand up here today. Now, I got to tell you, there's been times in my life where I have felt very alone. In fact, if we're honest, some of the hardest times in our lives are where we feel completely isolated, right? Maybe you're going through a tough situation and you look around and there's nobody really there to support you. Or maybe you've got something great to celebrate and nobody's there to join with you in the celebration. Perhaps even today, if you're at one of our Life Church locations, your pastor said, turn around. Give someone a high five. Welcome them to church. And you stood up, you put your hand up, and you looked around, and everybody else is giving high fives. And you're like, Any, anyone? So you kind of did this like, and just, and just kind of sat down quietly, right? You might be in a room full of people, and you feel completely alone. And you see, God's desire for you, his greatest plan and purpose for you is that you would never stand alone. That's what he wants for you, that you would never stand alone. You see, he created us. He created us with this desire to be connected. In fact, this is our thought for today. We created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. We're created for connection, but we drift to isolation. It's so common. We see this in our lives. God created us to have a connection with him and with each other. And yet, today and age, it's so natural for us to drift toward isolation. Now, if you're at a Life Church location, if you're here right now, maybe you're on the other side of the screen at Church Online, what I want you to know is that today, you're part of this church. In this moment, you're part of this church. And God is building his church. And we know that the church is not a building, the church is a people. It's you, it's me, together, and he's putting us together He's building his church. In fact, Scripture says it this way. Paul is talking to the Ephesians, and he says this. He says, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Listen, if you're here for the first time, if you're new with us, I want you to know, and you belong here. This is a place where it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. Doesn't matter the color of your skin or the magnitude of your sin, you can belong here. And I want you to know, man, welcome home. Welcome home. He goes on to say, you belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone 
by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. See, you are a stone. I'm a stone. He's putting us together. He's building his church stone by stone. We're created for connection, but we drift. We drift toward isolation. You see this in social media, right? Social media is a great tool. It can be a great thing. And that's why you'll post a picture, right, of your hairy legs on the beach, right? Hashtag all natural, hashtag vacation. And what happens? You post something, and then every two minutes, you go back and you check. How many likes did it get? Who hit the heart button, right? Because we're longing for this connection with people. We want to share our lives with others, right? And yet... Many times, social media drives us toward isolation because what happens when you look at somebody else's highlight reel, man, you start to get these feelings, right? These feelings of maybe jealousy, envy. Maybe you just straight up have FOMO. Like, you're looking at people and you're like, why wasn't I invited? And they drive you, it drives you to these emotions and it drives you towards isolation because here's the thing, we don't talk about it. Like, we all know, you guys are like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you, but we don't talk about it. When's the last time you went to somebody and said, hey, I'm really feeling jealous about what I saw on social media? It drives us toward isolation. We're in our feelings. But here's the thing, as Christ followers, man, we're called to fight the drift. And that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fight the drift. When you fight the drift, man, you begin to live the life that God created you to live. And let me tell you, this is a fight worth fighting. This is a battle worth winning. This is a fight that you fight, and when we fight, we do not fight alone. We fight together, and we fight with God. So here's three ways we fight the drift. A couple of thoughts that I have for you. Number one, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. Everybody needs God. See, the most important connection you were created to have is your relationship with God. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you enter into a relationship with your heavenly Father. And that's the most important connection you're supposed to have. When you walk with God, guess what? He walks with you. In life, you're going to face tough times. When you're wandering through the wilderness, God walks with you. When you're going through challenging situations, God promises to never leave you. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, he promises to lead you and be with you, to never leave you or forsake you. God walks with you and he shows you his faithfulness. When you feel like you're drifting toward isolation and you fight the drift by remembering, by stopping to remember the faithfulness of God. The Bible tells us in Joshua about the Israelites. These are God's people. And the Israelites had been delivered from Egypt from slavery. And they were given a land, a promised land, right? They were, God told them, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. And so they went after the promise. But because of their stubbornness, because of their disobedience, they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years, just wandering around, drifting, right? Finally, 40 years later, they stand at the banks of the Jordan River with the promised land just across the river. All they got to do now is walk across to take the promise that God has for them. This is such a big deal. Like, this is so important. This is a big, big day. Everything is coming together. It's so important that God tells Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 12 stones out of the river, and I want you to place them as a memorial to remember my faithfulness to remember that I delivered you, to remember that I'm the God who walked with you through all this time. I'm the God that set you free. Remember my faithfulness. 
And we pick up the story here in Joshua 4, 21 and 22. It says, Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. God is a faithful God. He always provides a way for us. He's faithful. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And when you're drifting, it's good to stop and remember he was faithful to forgive you, to forgive me of our sins. It reminds me of Christy, who is part of our church family at the campus that I get to lead at Midwest City, Oklahoma. Midwest City, my people. Christy, um, she made a lot of bad decisions in her life, just like all of us. We've all made bad decisions. Her decisions landed her in prison. And Christy now has to wear an ankle monitor. If you don't know what that is, basically it's an electronic device that tracks her. It's a GPS device. And she can't take it off. She can't get it wet. Like, it's a constant reminder of her mistakes. She came to church and she said, Pastor Sam, I want to get baptized, but I got a little issue. And she pointed at her ankle monitor, right? And I looked down and I said, Christy, listen to me. If you want to get baptized, if you want to declare that your life belongs to Jesus, we will find a way to get you baptized. Now, some of you in here today, some of you at our church, you're not wearing an ankle monitor. But you've been walking around with a ball and chain that's called guilt and shame. Your past keeps creeping up on you. You keep remembering all the guilt, all the shame, and it's been holding you back from what God has for you. But today, I believe just like Christy, today some of you are going to experience freedom from your past, freedom from your guilt. And here's what happens. When the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you remember the faithfulness of God. He was faithful to forgive you. Christy showed up on Baptism Sunday. She came in with a smile on her face, hope in her heart, and a plastic bag and a roll of duct tape. This is Christy getting baptized. She put a bag around it, man. She didn't care. You see, God was faithful to forgive her. And he placed her. See, Christy's a stone. And he placed her in our church family. God's building his church stone by stone. It's you. It's me. Together, he created us for connection. And yet we drift. We drift toward isolation. But we're going to fight the drift. Now, I want to stop right now because I recognize there are many people who, when you think about those stones, you think, man, that's great that that was a, a, a memorial to remember God's faithfulness. But the truth is, is that sometimes it's hard to remember God's faithfulness. In fact, we talked about the stones being a memorial. But right now, I know that there's some of you that are carrying stones in your life, painful moments where you feel like God wasn't faithful. Where you look back and you really wonder, where was he? And you carry this heavy load. You carry this pain in your life. Maybe it's the girl that abandoned you, that broke your heart, that you thought you were going to get married to, and she left you. And you wonder, God, where were you? That was supposed to be the woman for me. Perhaps it's that job that you were waiting on, that you knew, man, if I get this job... And it'll help my family a ton. 
man, God, please give me this job. And, and you didn't get it. And you wondered, God knew I needed it. Why wasn't he faithful? Maybe it's somebody that you trusted that abused you and scarred you for life. And that's a pain that you carry with you. And you say, man, there's no good there. Where was God in that moment? Maybe today you're here and you made some decisions in your life. And you've tried to walk away from the guilt and the shame, but it just keeps coming back and you feel like God's not being faithful to you. These pains, these stones that walk with you and you try to carry, but then you get tired and you put them down. And maybe it's just something completely different. Maybe it's something for you, a pain that you've been holding on to. It's your stone. It's that pain where you look back and you don't see God's faithfulness. Sometimes it's hard to see God's faithfulness. But when that happens, you do this. Number two, you rely on God's people. You rely on God's people. You see, you all, we all need somebody. Everybody needs somebody. You need somebody that you can vent to. You need somebody that you can word vomit on, right? You need somebody that won't judge you, but you need somebody that has good judgment. See, it's not just about having people in your life. It's about having the right people in your life. The difference between where you are today and where God wants you to be depends on having the right people in your life. And they'll help you remember the faithfulness of God. You need someone to lean on, someone to be there for you. But you need the right people. I had a guy come to me and say, Pastor Sam, man, I'm really struggling. I've had this addiction to porn for, man, as long as I can remember, it finally caught up to me. But I'm ready. I'm ready to, like, quit it. I'm ready to get help. I'm like, all right, bro, that's good. Like, good call. Let's go. Let's do this. We got this. Tell me about the people in your life. Well, man, I got my buddies. Like, they're my high school buddies. They're my bros. They got my back. Always got my back. And I'm like, all right, that's good. Like, are they godly men? Like, like are they Christ followers? Well, not really. They kind of all struggle with the same thing. In fact, we were at the strip club, and we were talking about stopping. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Do you see the problem here? Like, you got the wrong people in your life, man. You need the right people speaking into you. Some of you here today, you just need to hear this. There's a relationship that you need to let go. You need to hit that block button. You need to hit that unfollow button. You need the right people in your life. In fact, Proverbs says it this way. The words of the wise are like weapons of knowledge. If you need wise counsel, stay away from the fool. Look, your mama's been telling you, stay away from him. He's a fool. It's time to let that go. You need the right people in your life. And you might say, okay, cool. I need the right people. I'm, I'm good. Let's go. How do I find the right people? Let me tell you three ways. If you're part of our church, here are three ways that you can actually find the right people in your life. All right? You ready? Here we go. Start serving. Okay? Very simple. Start serving. You just need to get around people that are walking in the same direction with you. Number two, get in a life group. Like you need to be in community. You need to meet consistently with people that are going to encourage you, that are going to hold you accountable. Get in a life group. And number three, for those of you that you're like, first two, check, check. You need to get real. Like you're serving, you're in a life group, but you're not honest with your troubles. You're not getting real with your problems. You pretend like you've got it all together. And today, you just got to get real. And today's the day that you take that step. You got to find your people. You see, I promise you, you do this. You take one of these steps. Just take one if you need to, okay? 
I promise you, you're going to look back and you'll see that was a stone. God's putting us together. He's building his church. He's connecting us stone by stone. See, we're created for connection, but we drift. We drift toward isolation. So number one, remember the faithfulness of God. Number two, rely on God's people. And number three, release the power of your story. Release the power of your story. You see, everybody needs God. Everybody needs somebody. But somebody needs you. Somebody needs you. See, you're not just another stone. You have a story, and your story has power. There's a powerful story in the Bible of David and Goliath. Most of us know this story. I'll give you the quick rundown of it. Goliath, mighty warrior, giant, comes up, defying God's people, defying the one true living God, challenges people, the, the army of Israel to fight. Nobody wants to fight him. David shows up, a young shepherd boy, which I love because it doesn't matter how old you are. Listen, you have a story and your story has power, whatever your age is. He shows up and he says, I'll fight this guy. This guy's throwing shade at my people. I'll take him on, right? Shows up, and what does he do? He picks up five smooth stones from a river, and he puts them in his shepherd's bag. And he takes one of those stones, puts it in the sling, swings it around, launches his hit, Goliath right in the head. Goliath goes down. David walks over, takes Goliath's sword, beheads the giant, declares victory over the enemy for his people. You know what I love about this? Goliath wasn't David's personal giant. He wasn't defying David. He was defying David's people and David's God. You see, when you're my people, your giant becomes my giant. And your story has power. It has power. Here's what I need, to, need you to remember. Those moments in your life that were so painful, those moments in your life that hurt so much. You know, when a rock falls into a river, it's sharp, it's jagged. And as it rolls through the river, it hits other rocks and those rocks chip away at it. And then at some point it might fall over a waterfall and it'll land at the bed of the river. And then the constant flow of water and flowing sand will act as a sandpaper. And that's what makes a jagged stone a smooth stone. So maybe all those painful, all those jagged moments in your life that have been washed by the grace of Jesus become a powerful tool in your life. That divorce that almost broke you becomes a tool in your life. The addiction that almost took you out becomes something you can use to help somebody else. The abandonment you felt, your parents left you, and you wonder even as an adult, why did they want me? That becomes part of your story and it becomes a tool in your bag. The death of your child, a pain that no parent should ever feel, man, it becomes a tool for you. You see, your story has power and you need to release the power of your story because perhaps your story could be the stone that takes down someone else's giant. I'll never forget the first time that Liz told me we were pregnant. 
We were sitting in the little Italian restaurant in San Dimas, California. She slid a little piece of paper over. I turned it over. It was the ultrasound of our baby. And man, we were just so full of joy. Our family was being built. It was incredible. Some time passed and we saw ourselves in the emergency room. And the doctor came in and said the words that no parent ever wants to hear. I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. Those feelings of joy went out the window. And they were replaced with hurt, with doubt, with fear. Watching my wife experience this crazy pain. And man, I'm, I'm tell you right now, just honestly, like I was not in a good place. I'll never forget one Sunday, we were laying in bed, and Liz was in bed lying next to me. She was asleep, and man, I was in my head. Like, I was in these thoughts. It had put so much strain on our marriage. I started to think, man, what's going to happen? Are we going to make it? Are we going to be okay? And I don't know if we can make it. I was just in my head. And so I opened up my laptop, and I logged on to church online. And honestly, I don't remember what the message was, but I remember this window on the bottom that says, if you need prayer, click here. And I clicked on that button. A window popped up, and a church online volunteer Type the words, how can I pray for you? And I just unloaded. And I just put it all out there. I told her everything I was going through, the pain that I was feeling, the doubt that I was feeling. And I'll never forget her words. She said, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe God brought me here. I want you to know my husband and I have been through the exact same thing. And God brought me here to tell you, you're going to be okay. Your marriage is going to be okay. And God will never leave you. He's with you today. That moment redirected my life. You see, what I realized in that moment was that this church online volunteer, she released the power of her story to take down the giant in my life. Because here's the thing. Perhaps, perhaps years later, so that I can release the power of my story, to take down the giant in your life. Maybe, maybe the pain that you've gone through is not in vain. Maybe God can use it. You see, when you walk with God and you walk with his people, what he does is he brings you opportunities to use your story, to release the power of your story. And when you release the power, you take down the giants in people's lives. Maybe the pain wasn't in vain. And today you need to know somebody just needs to hear God's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's got a great plan for your life. And he can take the pain and he can redeem it and he can use it for his glory, for his purpose. Because here's the thing. He's bringing us together. We're created for connection. And he's building his church stone by stone. Perhaps today you'll remember the faithfulness of God. You rely on his people. And you'll release the power of your story. And when you do that, and you never walk alone. You always have God. You always have people walking with you. And perhaps that's exactly why God brought you here today. At all of our churches, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that 
because of what you did for us, we never have to stand alone. We completely have confidence that you're always with us, Lord. And we thank you for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what? Man, I need to stop and remember the faithfulness of God. It's been a long time since I remembered his goodness. Maybe you're here and you know that you don't have the right people in your life. You need to rely on God's people. You need the right folks. You need the people encouraging you. And you're ready to take a step to find those people. Or maybe you're here and you recognize, man, you've been holding on to the power of your story. And it's time to release it, to let God use it. If that's you today and you say, you know what, I'm ready to take that step. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray a specific prayer for you. Hands going up all over this place. Father, I thank you for every person that's raising their hand. You know our hearts, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the courage to take a step of faith. As we continue in an attitude of prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, the most important connection you were created to have is a relationship with God. And for many of you, you don't have that. If you're honest, you came in here, you don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. In fact, you say, you know what, I don't even know if God loves me. How could God love someone like me? I want you to know God does love you. And yet there's this thing that separates us from God. It's called sin. And what that means is that you have sinned, I've sinned, we all fall short of God's standard and our sin separates us from a holy God. And yet God loved you so much that he did something for you. He sent his only son, Jesus, who lived a sinless life. He died on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. They put him in a tomb and guess what they did? They covered it with the stone. But three days later, the stone was rolled away. Jesus resurrected. And in his resurrection, you and I could find new life. And for many of you, that's why you're here. You're here because God brought you to this very moment so that you would enter into a relationship with God. So how do you do that? The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. And if you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. You will be saved. You'll be forgiven. And that is why you're here. Listen to me. You can't clean yourself up. You can't make yourself right. You come to God just as you are, and you let him do the work in you. And that is why you're here. So if that's you, and you say, you know what, I'm ready to turn away from my sins. I'm ready to stop walking on my own. I need God in my life. I'm ready to surrender to him and receive forgiveness of all my sins. If that's you, at all our Life Church locations, Go ahead and lift your hand right now. Come on, raise your hand up and say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. Church Online, you click right below me. Say, yes, I need God today. Right over here, God bless you. God loves you. Welcome to the family of God. God's with you today. Who else? This is your moment to say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. At all of our churches, we're going to go ahead and pray together. Church online, pray along with us. As a matter of fact, if you raise your hand, I want you to stand. In fact, we're, you're not going to stand alone. We're going to stand together. So everybody in this room, go ahead and stand up right now. We're going to pray together. Listen, for those of you that made that decision in your past, I want you to remember what it felt like. Remember the guilt that was lifted. That's what's happening today for these people making decisions. So we're gonna pray with them, we're gonna support them. Come on, pray out loud. Say, Father God, I declare 
that Jesus is your son, that he died and rose again so that I could be forgiven. Today I give you my life. I surrender my heart. Forgive me and make me new. Overwhelm me with your spirit so that I can follow you and serve others. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Would somebody make some noise in this place? Come on, worship our God today. Come on. Thanks again for joining us today. We'd love to continue to see you grow in your relationship with Christ. And we have a great resource to help you do that. Just go to life.church next. And there you'll find all kinds of ways to help take your next step in your relationship with Christ. And if you've enjoyed today's message, you can find all of our messages on our YouTube channel or inside of the Life Church app. It's free and available wherever you download your apps from. We'll see you next time.